I was in the living room on like a cot for like three years. I lived with my girlfriend and her roommate and it wasn't very comfortable. I was trapped. I was under somebody else's roof. We were just kind of like both looking at each other like, yeah, we both got a um, shack up. How did you decide who you would share your home with? Arguably one of the most important relationships of your life. My name is Paige Polk, a media artist and cultural commentator in New York City. And this is Not Yet, a storytelling podcast about growing up and the relationships that help us along the way. Visit notyetseries.com to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We start today's story with two roommates who are mastering the arts of coexistence, self-awareness, and growing up. This is 25-year-old Queens native, Rebecca Lewis, and 35-year-old flight attendant, Valentine Lewis. The last name is no coincidence. These two are sisters. And despite what might feel like a relaxed and distant relationship, we don't have to be up under one another and talk. It's really, we don't have to talk. The two are very close. Valentine is my older sister. She is the person that I live with, and I always describe her as my mom. Like, my pseudo-mom is what I call her. Rebecca's my younger sister. That's my heart. So how did we get here? How did these two adult sisters with a nine-year age difference end up together in their Brooklyn apartment? And with chill vibes, no less. Turns out, third time's the charm, and their relationship hasn't always been a joyride. Even after I left, I think, like, you stayed in the apartment. I was like, oh, were you just kicking me out? I really couldn't stand living at that house. I felt like I was just kind of, like, willy-nilly and not really aware of the space that I took up. I came home, and when I did come home, the house was a wreck. And I was just like, nah. Let's start at the beginning. How did Valentine become a pseudo-mom sister? Pseudo-mom, older sister, roommate. Ah, yeah, that one. When I was younger, uh, she had to take care of me from pretty much when I was born because my mom wasn't really around that much. I used to take her to take my daughter to work day. (laughs) Yeah. You always say that you don't need to have any more kids because I was the kid that you had and you're good. Yeah. You're like, this is my kid. When I was a kid, I was a crier. I'm still a crier. I'm a crier. I cry about everything. Um, she's that's true. That depression today though. It's like, yeah, um, like, <laughs> I guess we all we all suffer yeah. from it. Like mom, me, you. Depression, also referred to by the Lewises as it or getting down. For me, I get down. There's lots of shit that's happened, and I'm just like, yo, I can't let you do this. I don't want you to go through those things. I don't want the same things to happen to you. So I'm just like, oh, shake it off, shake it off, and just do this, do that. And that's why I'm like, always have like a fucking clown hat on and just like making people laugh because it, it was better. Like, that's what I had to do with mom. She was always down. And to feel as if to get her out of the bed sometimes, just like, yo, come on, let's do this, let's do that. Like, just jazz it up here. You're looking nice. You're doing this. Yeah. And I'm always that person. So I'm just like, I've gotten used to it. So when I get down, I get down on my own damn time. But when I was a kid, I cried a lot over everything. Um, and then because of the fact that you saw that as a sign of weakness, I know that you wanted to toughen me up, but it just made me feel more alone. It made me feel more like, why am I like this? As Rebecca and Valentine grew older, they started to understand their differences 
and also counted on each other to have one another's backs at home. We moved to Long Island. Three-story house, you were saying? Yeah, it was three-story. It was with family. My mom rented the whole downstairs. I really couldn't stand living at that house. Just living with people I don't know and I didn't like. I'm Haitian, so we, when you come in, you greet, you give, it's called Sagir. Like, you give them a kiss and you, you greet them hello. And my aunt and my grandmother were kind of, like, rude about it. Like, I would I would greet them, and they would either give me a cheek or just, like, uh, like brush me off type thing. And I was like, okay, well, you're only going to do that to me twice. <laughs> so after that, I just stopped. I found that rude. And I, and I also found it rude the way that they treated my sister and me. My grandmother would cook, and she cooks really well. But she would call her other grandkids down and not, not say anything to us. So I'm like, you cooked, you offered four or five other people in the house food but you didn't say shit to us so i was like and she would offer it to our mom yeah and then my mom would kind of like pretend that she bought enough for us but she would really be eating less so that it looked like because she didn't want to cause any conflict yeah so she would like split up the food that she was given just for her so it looked like she also served us but that was like a haitian thing that's like it's a slight like you can tell that it's like you gave everybody else in the house food except for me and my sister and only us so it was weird. And then I, I don't like that. So I, I've always been protective of my sister. And I was like, you're not going to do that. I had a corporate job and I had I was fine financially since I was younger. I started working somewhere since I was 17, 18. So if you don't want to offer me food, that's fine. I can order food. I can do this and that. I wasn't dependent on you. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I got into an argument with my aunt. Like she was in my face. Like she, she... You have to get into the argument. It was <laughs> a blowout. It was a blowout. <laughs> I was out of that house within 24 hours. And now a few words from one of our sponsors. Are you weary of the ways of the world? We are too. The New York Dose podcast is a speculation-based, topical platform providing millennial conversations around hip-hop culture, current events, and a dose of NYC lifestyle. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Play and all social sites at The New York Dose, or simply thenewyorkdose.com. Join us for the conversations that need to be had. So Valentine ran from Long Island without looking back, and Rebecca wasn't too far behind her. Except... Mom bribed me to stay. I didn't know that. Yeah, oh yeah, the computer screen, she bought it. Because she wanted me to stay. She was like, if you stay with me, like, I will buy this for you. And me being 17, I was like, oh shit, like, it's lit. I got a computer for the first time of my own. Um, But then I just took the computer with me when I left. (laughs) After a hectic year living with their mom and extended family members, Rebecca and Valentine moved in with each other again. This time, just the two of them in New Jersey. Rebecca was now in college in Jersey City, and Valentine, a newly working flight attendant, was out of the apartment for weeks at a time. That was my first sense of freedom from not being home with mom and you. And then you were kind of treating me like an adult a little bit. And I was like, oh, shit, it's lit. I'm about to do whatever. Because it was also that first shift of like, oh, this is not my mom anymore. This is like, we're living and we're cohabitating. I always say to anybody who asks that I got kicked out. At the time, I don't think that I was the easiest person to live with because I can be kind of like 
eh, let me just throw my socks here and throw my socks there and this, that, and forth. I understand that. That's my thing. And I also, I didn't have a room. So it was just in the living room, which is the general living space. So it's kind of like the sit down conversation that we had where she was kind of like, I, I kind of the way that I heard it was kind of like, she wants to live her own life now, which I understood, but it was also like really, it was kind of heartbreaking for me because partly I had to go back to my mom. And then another thing was I kind of made me realize that she wasn't actually my mom because I think like mothers have to take care of you no matter what but sisters have a choice so that was the moment where it was like I'm your sister now bro (laughs) like I need to like kind of do my own thing okay so from my perspective yeah okay was I went to I got a new job I went to training you had nothing to take care of at the house even when I was gone for a month and you had the house to yourself and um Bills were paid. Everything was taken care of the house. All you had to do was maintain the house. Mm -hmm. Wash dishes, keep the house clean. That's it. Mm -hmm. You paid no bills. And yet every time I came home, the house was a mess. Mm. And that part pissed me off. It was just like, are you kidding me? I work in Boston. I'm like traveling all over. I come home probably like at that time it was six days a month I came home. And when I did come home, the house was a wreck. Mm. And I was just like, nah. I'm 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 I was pissed off. I was like I didn't fr- know. My I had first no idea. year I was struggling. And I was just like I'm not saying anything but I'm like struggling to pay this rent, struggling to like to like I rented a room in Boston so I was like struggling to pay that, struggling mm-hmm. just struggling just to survive. And then I come home where it's supposed to be like my sanctuary and it was like are you serious? Mm. I was like nah. I can't do this. You got to go. Yeah, I was like actually at the whole thing it was like this whole thing got to go. That's good to know. <laughs> So for me, that was when the trust was lost because you like, felt like if the it was like maybe she exactly okay. it was like maybe she maybe she don't got me in every situation but, but I didn't know okay that's not this even is that me but I gave out now. but I, I I gave you like ample like hey you want to clean up maybe or I would have to tell you yeah I was a really um I guess in terms of like self reflection I was like a shitty twenty one year old just because I just didn't. I just didn't really, I wasn't really aware of myself. I think I was just kind of like doing things. Like I'm throwing my limbs up because I'm just kind of like, I felt like I was just kind of like willy nilly and not really aware of the space that I took up. And then I was frustrated because you start to think like, man, I just wish I had like a family, like a mom or something like our dad or anything like that, where you could just go home and just like stay there. Like people stay in their their parents' house until they're 30. And like, I, I can't do that. You know yeah. what I mean? You could just, you People can. And that's one of the things I'm like, I always want to make sure that you have a place to go back to. Today's podcast is sponsored by the good brothers over at Enter the Minds podcast. E-N-T-E-R-T-H-A-M-I-N-D-S is a bi-weekly podcast where four black millennial men reflect on their lives and work through their day-to-day struggles. These men discuss coming of age in a world that's not for them while making it their own. Their goal is to create a safe space for other like-minded individuals. Check out season one and the off-season on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Keep up with the minds on Instagram and Twitter at Enter the Minds. So Rebecca went back to living with her mom, Valentine moved in with her girlfriend, 
and the two remained in separate homes for the next four years. I just was living with my mom and it was a very uncomfortable situation. I lived in a basement apartment and it was kind of like no light, very far away from everything else, and I just was not happy at all. I was in the living room on like a cot for like three years. My mom is very clingy, so it was just a lot. I lived with my girlfriend and her roommate, and it wasn't very comfortable. Like, I just didn't want to be there. My stuff was in storage. It didn't feel like my place. I liked to host, and I couldn't have people over, so it just felt like I was trapped. I was under somebody else's roof. And to be in my 30s and feel as if I, I have to ask permission to do something, it felt like I was um, regressing, like going backwards. It's hard to find people who are just, like, okay with you not really talking for a long time or just like hey watch this video with me and like we don't have to talk. be up under one another and talk it's really we don't have to talk so we talk but we, it yeah, was yeah, like yeah, yeah. we can coexist in the same space and not bother one another and be like hey how you doing okay and then and then kind of move on I don't know it sounds bad but it's kind of like it's something that we naturally gravitate towards because well that's probably why we didn't like the situations that we were in because it wasn't like that it was kind of like, who else are we going to turn to in that situation? Let's just move back in together. Now on their third try living together in Brooklyn, Valentine is a senior flight attendant paying 60% of the rent. Rebecca has recently graduated with her Bachelor's of Science in Business Management, is exploring her career options and paying 40% of the rent. Even now, they're still learning how to manage their evolving power dynamic. We've done it before, and then I've changed, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, more of an awareness of you myself. Do. I feel as if going back with mom made yeah. you appreciate like, the, like our, our situation a bit more, too. And the fact that you have your own room. Yes. I clean my room. I clean it from top to bottom, and then it gets messy again. But I can close the door, yeah. like, and I respect you know what that. I mean? you yeah, me. and I don't now. play around with the living room. Like, I just won't go in there because yeah, I know. But who even I am. even now, I'm just like, okay, it's not. You don't have to pay like the, you know, the the, the dynamics of the the, the pain. Like, okay. you, you feel as if like, oh, because we have this discussion because you don't pay half. It's like, well, I'm not going to. I don't feel as if I'm going to say that many things or do that many yeah. things or touch this thing or just touch that. I'm like, there's ways to contribute. Mm-hmm. without having it to be monetary. You think of, um, like, stay-at-home moms, right? Mm-hmm. They they stay home, they take care of the kids. Like, so does that mean that they have less, like, less say in the relationship than the man because he brings in the money? I do not feel like the power dynamics are equal now, no. Yeah. I'm not talking about just money, though. Like I feel... I'm talking about in terms of personality, too. Oh. Yeah. 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 I'm and more... what I mean by that is, like, she's very... And I know you don't like it, but it's the truth. She's very particular, and she has ways that she likes things to be, and I'm not like that at all. I don't care. Like, a, a lot of the time, like, I think it, it seems it like it bothers, bothers me. Her. It bothers me that But I don't care. care. So I let her have that power a lot of the time, like, this, like decision p- power and all that type of stuff, because either way, I'm going to be okay. Yeah, but, but she's just like, she takes it as a cop-out, but it's a... It's just me being me. I, but sometimes it's just like, you don't care about anything. Like, yeah. you would be fine. Like, yeah, you would be no, fine in yeah. an empty room. But like, yeah. oh, I just feel like you're just like, eh, like, 
I don't really care. Like a hippie type thing. Like, that's whatever. Yeah. Well, and I'm just like, dude, life is not like that. I've always felt like if I'm not like bombing it anymore um, and I'm not like hungry and not feeding myself and I'm not like not working and I'm isolating myself from society, then I can understand why that would be troubling. But these are all things that I always get myself back on the path. For me, it was just like, if I felt bum or if I felt some type of way, taking care of myself was a way to like get myself back up. You can't let anybody see you like that. And there was lots of things, I guess, that was my coping. Like, you just Mm. can't let anybody see you down. Yeah. Like, mom would cry about everything, you know, just like, oh. Like me. Like, and that to me was like a sign of weakness. Like, nah, you're not going to see me cry. You're not, you're not going to take that from me. And I guess that's why when something happens, I'm not going to let you get the best of me. I'm not going to let you talk to, like, say negative things about me. That was just not, you're not going to get the better Yeah. Hand. And it's just like. Yeah. So, so that's when you, where the power comes from. And so when, <laughs> so when you, when you look some type of way, I feel as if you're being vulnerable. Like you're letting somebody else, yeah. like you're letting somebody else take that from you. You're letting them have something bad to say about you. You're letting them have something. So you're giving them ammo. Yeah. And I'm just like, why? That's that's just who I am. We've had a form of these conversations in passing and just like even expressing after all this like that we still want to build and get to know each other better and we're just learning. I'm learning myself, first of all, so I don't even, I'm not even at like a point where I know who I am, but the fact that you're like learning me as I'm learning myself and you're trying to be accepting of it even though it's wildly different than you. Certain things don't make sense to the other one or one another and I was just like, and I'll ask, I'm like, how did that make sense to you? And you're like, how did that make sense to you? And it wasn't like in a, in a malicious way. It's more like Help me I understand. genuinely don't understand why you did that. And we got kind of walked through the steps. And I think that's something that proves that our relationship is working more in terms of communication. I feel as if, like, I always told her, like, I prefer you to tell me and be honest with me because I'll go to bat for her. Like, you could tell me, like, hey, I really did do that. I'm like, all right, then let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I will be right there with you. And, and this is who. But if I find out something different from someone else, you're gonna get it that's funny that you're still consistent with that because i talk to like in my relationships and i guess even in my friendships i take being honest and being open about things very seriously because of that and you told me to that when i was very young that's my with great power comes great responsibility that's my like lies thing like that's my motto all the time like just tell the truth be condemned for whatever it is or just like people accept you for who you are or accept you for what you say as opposed to like creating this like falsehood and having to live up to that. Before wrapping up our interview, Valentine had one last thing to add. The fact that you just got your degree, I just wanted to say that I'm very proud of you. Oh. Because when I was growing up, I didn't think that I could go to college. Oh. So that's why I made sure that you could. You went with it, that you fell off a bit, but yeah. you was oh, like, yeah. like you brought yourself back onto it. And just like, I'm getting this and I'm getting that. And I'm like, give me this. And I'm like, no, you're going to urge me more respect because I have this. And you're, like, you're going to put some respect on my name. Yeah, facts. Oh, thank you. No problem. That was cute, right? We're all very proud of them both. And many thanks to Valentine and Rebecca for sharing their love. 
a lot of changes can happen between two people in 25 years. And holding someone accountable gets even more ambiguous when that person is not only your family, but also your friend. Any of this remind you of one of your relationships? Email us at notyetseries at gmail.com with your story, and you could be in one of our new episodes. To listen to other episodes, subscribe to the podcast, and learn more about the project, visit notyetseries.com. Talk soon. Not Yet is a podcast hosted by Paige Polk and produced by Paige Polk and Sam Riddell. Elizabeth Olguin is our social media manager, and our theme music was produced by Luigi. This episode featured interviewees Rebecca Lewis and Valentine Lewis.